Greetings. Welcome to my third podcast and second proffering from my first published on Amazon book, Westering After a Fashion. It's called First Car. The vehicle a man buys, especially in his youth, can have an unsettling effect on the women folk in his life. When my brother was 16, he picked up an unknown disease that melted him down to 120 pounds. He was six foot three, cadaverous, and failing fast when my grandmother, after burning up the wires daily for a month, finally convinced my mother that Toronto was the chief ally of the disease that was killing him, and that he should go and live with her in the country for a while. So he moved in with the old lady, then 75. He began to recover immediately, and was soon able to attend the local Hamlet's High School, thereby pushing its enrollment to 51. He just spent 15 years in the city, and his first day at a rural school was an eye-opener. Those farm kids were different. Barry Hardman limped into the class and glared around. What are you Nimrods staring at? Where's your foot, Barry? said Mrs. Bruin. It ain't here. We can see that, but where is it? Shot the fucking thing off. How, Barry? Goddamn rabbit. Ran betwixt my legs and they snapped off a shot and hit my foot. What was you using? said Mrs. Bruin. Twelve gauge. Recoil like to ram my nuts up my ass. Thank heavens for a small favor, said Mrs. Bruin. Yeah, said Barry. That's when Elsie Difference slid her hand up between Alec's legs and headed for his privates. We didn't wear jeans in those days, so there wasn't much protection. She wrapped her hand around his balls and squeezed off their only escape route by constricting the top of his scrotum with her thumb and forefinger until they stopped jumping, surrendered, and lay quivering in the palm of her hand. She milked twenty dairy cows every morning for her father and had the strongest grip in three counties, backed up by three hundred pounds of her mother's home cooking, arranged in fetching slabs of beef acquired by heaving bales of hay to cattle daily for as long as she could remember. You're cute, she said. All you need is a little fattening up. Oh, 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 said Alex. Relax, said Elsie. I ain't going to squeeze him, lest you say we ain't got a date tonight. Oh, we do, we do, we do, said Alex. Thought so, said Elsie. Keep a cool tool, fool, said Wilf. Didn't take you long to grab him up, said Linda. Well, I needed one, said Elsie. You wouldn't have lost the last one if you hadn't a squeezed so hard. I didn't know he was going to break. Well, you just be careful with this one, said Mrs. Bruin. Yes, am said Elsie. God, thought Alec, they're all watching. No need to be shy, young man, said Mrs. Bruin. We're all farm folk. We know what goes up in the backyard. Yes, ma'am, murmured Alex. Where's your dink? I can't find your dink, whispered Elsie. Hey, everybody, I can't find his... Oh, there it is. Hey, sport, how come it's so small? I don't know. You shy? That it? Yes. Aw, oh, that's cute. I'll let go as soon as you promise to pick me up tonight and take me to the picture show. But I don't have a car. What? Ow, said Alex. Now you loosen your grip on him, said Mrs. Bruin, or you can't have him. But he ain't got no car, wailed Elsie. Of course he has a car, said Mrs. Bruin. Everybody his age has a car. No, ma'am, I don't, said Alex. What, said Mrs. Bruin? How are you going to court Elsie without a car? There ain't no buses or streetcars out here, son. It ain't fair, wailed Elsie. It ain't fair. I gotta have a boyfriend, too. Of course you do, said Mrs. Bruin. I'm sure we can work it out. How about it, boys? Think we can get this boy a car? No sweat, said Barry. He can have my old bone wagon for fifty bucks. I ain't gonna be driving for a spell. 
Wee, said Elsie. Deal, said Barry. Deal, said Alex. Alex had never owned a car before. It gave him confidence. Elsie. Yes, Alex? Release my testicles. Huh? Legomenats. Yes, sir. The class murmured its approval. I like that in a man, said Mrs. Bruin. Elsie blushed prettily. That night, Alec drove up to his grandmother's house in his new car. It was a huge black 38 straight-eight olds hearse with lots of heavy lead curtains and scrolls and cupids and stuff welded all over the exterior. Come on out and see my new car, said Alex. Ah, screamed the old lady. I'm not dead yet. I'm not dead yet. Why's he here, Alec? Why's he here? Who, said Alec. The undertaker, screamed Grandma, carring behind him. There's no undertaker. That's my car. I just bought it. Ah, screamed Grandma. Take it away. Take it away. Okay, said Alec. I got a date anyway. Don't bring it back, screamed Grandma. Don't bring it back. Alec drove in stately fashion over to the deliverance farm and beat for Elsie. The whole clan poured out of the house and stood around admiring Elsie's new boyfriend and car. Elegant, said her twin sister. Damnedest thing I ever saw, said Grandpa. My little girl's done growed up, sniffed Pa. Ah, screamed Grandma, scurrying back into the kitchen. They must know each other, thought Alec, scratching his head. The movie was romantic, and the beer was good, and on the way home the young couple parked behind Deliverance Ice House and consummated their union. Then he brokered the news. Grandma says, I have to get rid of our car. No, said Elsie, not our car. Afraid so. Damn. Alec walked sadly home. The long country miles gave him plenty of time to get used to being afoot once more, and by the time he reached Grandma's house he was pretty much reconciled to the events of the day. Afresh from the plant, Austin 850 sat shining in the moonlight in front of Grandma's darkened house. There was no one else around. Quietly, Alec slipped behind the wheel and sat back comfortably, wistfully inhaling the special odor of a brand new car. The keys were taped to the sun visor with a note. To Alec, with love from Grandma. Alec drove that Austin for the next 15 years and swore for the rest of his life that it was the best car he ever owned, except for the hearse. <laughs>